Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Sergio! Crit! I'm excited about today. I'm excited about today. This was, uh, you know, usually, uh, you know, we discuss what we're going to talk about. By the way, this is the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. It is. Yes. I'm your host, the Almighty Crit, and joining me is my fellow host, Sergio. And when we discuss like what uh, upcoming topics, usually sometimes we have topics picked out like well ahead of time. Uh, and sometimes we're like, hey, we got an episode that we uh we got a episode this week that we need to like fill in what should we talk about and we usually do it like you know obviously the, the, the week ahead of time and we spend the week researching and all that and uh i excuse me i told you like hey you know what we should talk about we should talk about freaking ravenloft mm-hmm. but we won't talk about that until next week exactly We'll start our Ravenloft series next week because before that, you said, you know what I want to talk about? I've been begging you to talk about this since we took the show over. <laughs> and finally, I acquiesced. I said, fine, fine. Let the baby have his bottle. Ooh, but it's a it's a nice bottle and everybody's going to enjoy this bottle. <laughs> All the bottles. So today we are going to discuss something that all DMs have quite the interest in if you're from the 3.5 days and even the 5e newcomers will find this one very interesting because oh no i mean yeah this oh, is yeah. this is something that uh is easily converted into fifth edition either oh, yeah. you can uh homebrew stuff lickety split is it spit or split? I don't it's care. Split. <laughs> you can uh, you can homebrew it up real quick, like, uh, or you can convert the the three point five stuff mm-hmm. easily over, very easily. So today we are going to talk about weapons of legacy. Now there has to be a caveat here. All right, we have to clarify something before we dive into this. Weapons of legacy doesn't just mean weapons. Yes, correct. It also goes into armor and some mystical items and things like that. The reason that they classified it as weapons of legacy is because primarily most of the big, bad, awesome stuff that's talked about in here is weapons. Exactly. Um, you know, the probably the preferred nomenclature would be items of legacy. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, more often than not, it's going to be some kind of weapon. Yeah. And when we talk about weapons of legacy, I, the easiest way to like, you know, um, to correlate that would be, uh, think Excalibur from the King Arthur legend. Yeah. Think, uh, and that's, and that's a weapon and, and, and keep into your point. These aren't just weapons, but you could, you could also consider the one ring 
from Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. as a legacy item. So the first question we have to answer before we dive any further into this is what, in fact, is a weapon or item of legacy? So I'm going to read a little more from our 3.5 days. A weapon of legacy describes all the items created using the rules in this book. Okay. now the book we're referring to in this is the 3.5 weapons of legacy handbook. Correct. Even those that wouldn't normally be described as weapons, as we've said before, such as rings and shields, usually are contained in a more general term of items of legacy. So, an item of legacy has the capacity to grow in power as its wielder advances in level. In addition, it confers increasingly powerful special abilities to its wielder. So I'm not going to go too much further than that, because that's basically what these items are. They I mean, grow with you. That last sentence or those last two sentences are literally like what the notes I took in my <laughs> like, okay, like what is a weapon of legacy or a item of legacy? And yeah, and what I really enjoy about this is you give your player as a DM or as a player, you know, you get the, you either give your players or you get the opportunity to have it as a player, uh, a weapon that isn't OP, that isn't overpowered to mm-hmm. begin with. You know, it's it it grows in power as your character levels up. So you they usually start at fifth level, mm-hmm. like the 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 um, the rituals and the and the special benefits begin at fifth level. Like you said, it increases as your player progresses, as your player increases in strength, the, the the weapon or the item also increases in its benefits. And so I like that because you're able to you're able to use a weapon or you're able to give a weapon if you're a DM to a, a player who uh that you know it's not anything that's going to completely mess up the balance of the game. Mm-hmm. Because you know obviously the the further you progress in a campaign, the further you progress in level, the you know the more the the, the more difficult the encounters are going to be, the yeah. more vicious and more dangerous the creatures and the monsters are going to be. So, something we have to note here is back in the three point five days, in order to have an Those item, are some of the wild days, some man. of the wild days. <laughs> In this episode, we're not only going to talk about the 3.5 days, but we're going to talk about converting these things and these rule sets to 5e days. Today. So today, yeah. <laughs> 5e um, days. Today. The 5e's days. Today. Yeah, because, I mean, you do have some holdouts mm-hmm. continue to play th- third and uh, third edition in 3.5. Yeah. But for the most part, everyone's on the fifth edition train, mm-hmm. and which is cool. I love I cut my teeth on third edition. That's how I came up. And it'll always have a special place in my heart. But I love 5e for a lot of different reasons. Cause and for one, it's what most people play. And oh, yeah. if I want to play D D, I'm gonna have to play 5e. So the first thing we have to talk about when we start talking about weapons of legacy is it's one of the tougher things to talk about, which is not everything that's so cool is a weapon of legacy. Weapon of legacies sure. are items that either you have created or you've gotten from past heroes. They have special 
tasks have been completed to create them, or the player themselves has accomplished great tasks to create them. So if we're going off of, we're going off of, you know what, we'll wait. We'll talk about that when we talk about some of the items and weapons of Legacy later, about what how they would be forged in history. For now, let's focus on how you would let your players forge one. So, yeah, this isn't, you know, the this isn't to say that every weapon of legacy already exists mm-hmm. in your game. Exactly. Like the players themselves could create one. Mm-hmm. So how would we go about having a player create one? Well, the first thing is they're going to have to do something incredible. It's not one of these things where, oh, you dropped a chandelier on six enemies and killed them all in one hit. That's cool, <laughs> but it's not legacy it's a level. hell of a roll yeah it's a hell of a roll but it's not legacy level feat right something you have to think about when you think about legacy level feats is something that not only challenges the character but the player so for an example the character decides to really role play the fact that they are a paladin trying to repent a past sin so in they go on this you know journey And they travel to the tallest mountain and they sit there in meditation for three days. They do not sleep. They do not eat. They, you know, they weather the storms that come forth. And at the end of their three days, all they're doing this entire time is praying to their deity too. At the end of the three days, the deity finally responds to them and forgives them of their impurities or their sins. And... This would be a a feat of legacy. In fact, it is, in fact, a feat of legacy for one of the items in the book. Right. This would be a feat which you reward your player with an item of legacy. You know, and that, at that point, you can begin to build that item. Maybe they take said item. Maybe it is a scimitar. And they wield the scimitar into battle. And instead of choosing violence, against a horde of angry, you know, just this angry mob of villagers. Instead of choosing violence against them, they choose the path of peace and negotiation. And they find common ground to calm the villagers down and, you know, cease the mob. And we're not talking like a mob of 14 people. We're talking a mob of, you know, two, three thousand. Yeah, yeah, an entire town. And like, let's say like a bard uses um, their loot. Yes. Or their pan flute. To you know, to to sing a song that, mm-hmm. that you know, for somehow like imbued by the divines themselves, yes, like is able to like you know make that impasse that's needed to 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 come up to a more uh, a more de- uh, democratic uh, or or less bloody solution. Exactly. And so that that musical instrument now has a uh, like a legacy uh, uh, like background. There's now can can now you know start to become a legacy item yeah well and let's talk about our paladin he's got this he's already got one legacy under his belt and he manages to do this then that item would be imbued with a second legacy or second ability power right and you would have that go along with these feats that they're accomplishing you know the first feat they accomplish let's say it's the scimitar the first feat allows them when carrying or wielding the blade to never suffer hunger and be able to withstand the elements and in, in any element we're talking 
You know, this is a legacy feat. This is a legacy item. This thing needs to be incredible. So we move on to the second, which would be they've calmed down this horde. So how do we do that? Well, with a, you know, a swing of the blade or even a raise of the blade, it can calm the, you know, most ferocious of beasts. Or maybe it gets a roll, you know, a roll to calm them or something. So the, uh, the yeah the just the the sight of the weapon itself is yeah. enough to like sort of quell any sort of uh, antagonism. Exactly. So with all that being said, these legacies continue to stack, and that's where we get into what we call the different levels of legacy. Or in the three point five days, it's the feats of legacy. So you have the least legacy which would consider, you know, a lesser legacy, which would be, you know, oh, cool. You can withstand hunger. You never have to eat again. <laughs> cool. Greater legacies would be those where it gains a greater ability. If, you know, you've got some other ones called channeling legacy where you can actually imbue yourself with that legacy. Mastering legacy. This is where you start to get into, you know, your big, big legacies. Right. Curative legacies, you know, this is a legacy that would cause healing. Empowering legacies, which is one of those that you can give yourself, like, an increase in strength or something along these things. Uh, Legacy focus, that would be, you know, focusing your, you know, in in the 3.5 days, it was you get an addition to your DC saves. In the 5e days, maybe it would be you get an advantage to your saving throws. Right. Or, you know, you get a plus six to any, you know, particular stat when you roll a saving throw, You when you roll it. Quicken legacies, I mean, back in the day, you'd get a swift action. Now, it would just be you get to bump up one on the initiative chart, or you get to take multiple actions in one turn, you know, something along those lines. And a transfer legacy would be, which is the one that really I always found interesting, transferring legacy... You can actually transfer legacies from one item to the other. Right. So, meaning, we're talking Highlander stuff here. (laughs) There could only be one. You you could go from, uh, you having this, um, I guess, this scimitar that has gone, has this um, legacy-filled history, but you have your father's uh, longsword. Mm-hmm. You know, who, you know, uh, you had to take it out of his, you know, cold, dead hand after he fell in battle, wielding Mm -hmm. it. You know, that in in and of itself isn't a legacy weapon. It's just, you know, it's just a sword, but it has sentimental value to the character. And so then you're able to transfer all the benefits and powers from that legacy item into a weapon that, you know, that you want to wield anyway. Exactly. I mean, personally, for me, I would imbue it with a little bit more legacy at that point. I would probably give it, you know, sentience. Give it, you know, the father's soul or, you know, father's sentience or something, you know. I mean, come on now. That's 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 a pretty sentimental jump there. But <laughs> all that being said, this is a basic description of legacy items and how you would go about implementing them into your game for a player who's done these epic things you know and it doesn't have to be the things we mentioned it's just things of epic proportion so you have to to summarize you have three different legacies you have the least legacy 
the lesser legacy and the great legacy, the greater legacy. Well, you've got four yeah. and master legacies. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, well, yeah. But then, so you have those four and then you also have to essentially unlock them mm-hmm. through some sort of ritual. Yeah. Whether it be um, something like in combat, whether it be, uh, you know, a uh, um, uh, performance of some type, like mm-hmm. something has to be done to unlock that legacy. And this is it's important to note that this only pertains to items that have a history. So if your players are accomplishing tasks to create their own weapons, they don't, all they have to do is accomplish the task and it's done. You know, you grant them a power based on that task. Right now we're discussing items that have already been established as weapons of legacy or items of legacy. They come with special tasks. Exactly. And that's just exactly what you said. It's not any epic task that is completed. Mm -hmm. It's a specific epic task that needs to be completed. Mm -hmm. It's it's specific to that item of a legacy. So I think we should take a a stop point here and maybe jump to our mid-break. And then we can get into a really deep dive of exactly what this means for weapons of well, legacy. Before before we do though, before we do, so we're going to uh, what, what I want to do is so we'll take our midpoint break like we always do. We thank our mm-hmm. patrons, we uh we look up something on the DMs guild, usually that pertains to what we're talking about. Uh so when we come back, I know you have a, a full uh quite a bit of uh, a few weapons of items of legacy that you want to go for some homebrew. I do. Items. I have one myself uh, that I want to go over. So, but before we do that, let's go. I want to go over just really briefly a few of uh, the item, the like official Mm. weapons or items of legacy that are in the book. Uh, These are just a couple that caught my eye that I always thought were pretty cool. Uh, One is the bones of Li Peng. Now, this is a set of nunchucks that is made up of uh, Li Peng's arm, their their arm bones. (laughs) So Li Peng was the most famous teacher at the Monastery of the uh, Five Cherry Blossoms, a fabled site of learning and enlightenment nestled high in the mountains. The teacher is something of a folk hero among the people living in and around the mountains, although his true nature remains a mystery. The human goat herds in the valleys and lower peaks describe Li Peng as a human, while the dwarf miners, whose outposts cling to the steep hills, cliffs, call Li Peng one of their own. Regardless of Li Peng's true origins, after his death, many of his personal effects granted reputations for possessing, for, uh, gained reputations for possessing magical properties. And so somehow uh, his arm bones were formed into nunchucks. <laughs> so that is now, that is, so you can wield a, uh, and Tex says a, a femur would be more useful here. Although, I mean, a femur possibly as a, as a staff, as a quarter staff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, the, the rituals for the, for the bones of Li Ping, uh, you must over, this is the, the lesser ritual. You must overcome an encounter with a hostile creature whose challenge rating is at least equal to your character level. And you can accomplish, you can accomplish this through intimidation, trickery, stealth, any, any method, as long as you overcome an encounter. Mm-hmm. The uh, lesser ritual 
uh, martial whirlwind. In contrast to the previous ritual, you have to defeat a group of three or more opponents with a total encounter level at least equal to your character level. You must engage the enemies alone, but can use any weapons or tools at your disposal. So at this point, you have to take on like you know a, a three-on-one sort of scenario. And then the greater ritual, Lee Peng's Road, you are required to travel to the legendary monastery of the five cherry blossoms and visit Li Peng's sepulcher. That is the gravesite, essentially. There you must spend 24 hours in prayer and meditation. So that's, those are the three rituals. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of like, an, uh, these are examples of, you know, what we're talking about when it doesn't necessarily have to be combat, but it has to be something epic specific to the item. Yeah. So, so I want to say something real quick because I know a lot of people will be listening to this and they'll go, well, Master Legacy wasn't mentioned. Master Legacy is achieved when you have accomplished all of the feats of Legacy. Yep. All of the feats and reach the appropriate level. That's the important part. You have to have reached the appropriate level. There's no special task. It's just do all the things to unlock it and then get to the level. Right. <laughs> it's um, like a basic rule of thumb is the least Legacy is at fifth level. Mm-hmm. The lesser legacy is around 10th, 11th, 12th level. The greater legacy is like 16th, 17th, 18th, 18th. And then the master would be 20th or above epic. Yes. So <clears throat> uh, another thing I want to mention here before we go any further is uh, now I forgot it. My brain went super all over the place <laughs> well while you think of that i'm gonna i'm gonna bring up another bring up another one yeah another one from the book this is storm chasers cudgel oh i love this one storm chasers cudgel is a large great club that appears to be little more than an oaken branch the head of the club is split and cracked with age but it is no less durable despite the passage of time two large handholds have been worn into the base of the weapon from repeated use so it looks like your basic big old club mm-hmm. that doesn't you know that looks like you know the the next orc over or giant over or goliath over picked up um but the history is really cool so storm chaser's cudgel is one of the few weapons of monstrous origin to pass briefly into human ownership taken from a rampaging ogre killed by a giant hunter named soldan cabrel this item was initially treated as just one of many prizes its true power remaining a secret for years. It wasn't until Sultan's wife, Ifelma, set his precious trophies on fire during one of his numerous extended hunts that the magical nature of Storm Chaser's cudgel was discovered. It survived the flames virtually unscathed. But this is at the point that they knew that they were onto something, something fierce. And so the, leg- the rituals to unlock uh, the legacies Uh, You have to venture deep into unexplored wilderness by yourself with nothing more than the weapon as protection until you become truly lost. And getting lost is can be found in the DM's guide, um, how to do that. Ancestral roots, you must locate a dead tree struck by lightning. By dealing yourself four points of slashing or piercing damage, you must then water the tree's roots with your blood, dealing an additional six points of damage to yourself. And the greater legacy tempting the storm with storm chasers cudgel in hand and no other mundane or magical protection 
you are required to allow bolts of naturally occurring lightning to strike you, dealing no fewer than 5d10 points of damage. You can accomplish this feat by seeking the highest point of an area during a thunderstorm or by being struck by bolts from a call lightning or call lightning storm spell. That's pretty awesome. I love it. I love it a lot. Um, can you can you just imagine being the guy standing in the middle of the field being like, I don't want to do this. Butt but naked. This is the only, butt naked. Yeah, mind you. <laughs> I don't want to do this, but I have to get shot by lightning. You guys have to shoot me with lightning. <laughs> Yeah, text in the chat says just a big old stick. It's a whopping stick. It's a big, big old club. So I um, do, I do remember what I wanted to say, and we'll go excellent. over it more after the mid break. But there are some additional costs. Oh to yeah, each of these sections, you don't just have to complete the task. You also have to be willing to do certain things when you level up. So, but we'll get to that after the mid break. Yeah. But go there's ahead. also. Yeah. Uh, Additionally, there's like a, there's gold mm-hmm. uh, cost at times, um, but yeah, there's it's a it's a it's not it's more in depth than that. We're sort of giving you uh, a like a brief mm-hmm. uh, overview of it. Uh, also, like we got to talk about the omens. Oh. <laughs> we'll talk about the omens after we come back from the break. Yes. <laughs> All right, you ready to take a mid break, Sergio? Yeah. All right, let's go to our mid break. Sergio, we've been having a very exciting episode. It's been so much info dumped in the very first half. And there's still so much more info to go over. But before we go over that. I love it. It's so great. It's so this I told you, this is a great topic. And DMs, even players are gonna listening to this are gonna be like, uh, yo, DM, I'm I'm gonna need this in my life. I'm gonna need this in my life. Uh, before we go any further, though, we have some very special people to thank. Sergio, I throw you the floor. Thank you so much. This is a list of everyone that is um, contributing, supporting us through Patreon. Wolf the Sheepdog, uh, Sergeant Reaper, a.k.a. Coffee, Coffee Husky. Coffee Husky. Uh, Jonathan S., Daniel P., Lupus, Tex Tinstar, and Climbing Zebra. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the show financially through Patreon. You can do so by uh, by going to patreon.com slash lorecast. As low as five bucks will get you uh, early episodes, ad-free episodes, all the way up to $100. We have about six different tiers. Uh, the $100 tier gets you a uh, uh, homebrew campaign to be uh, played, uh, DM'd by Crit uh, and played by me, as well as the other deity level. Uh, Patreon patrons, you know, there's also like t-shirts, there are stickers, there's, um, you know, one-on-one time or two-on-one time with us so we can help you flesh out a a campaign or a campaign Mm -hmm. setting or a character or help you improve your DMing skills. A lot of cool stuff on the Patreon, um, just as a way to, to, to thank you to, for, you know, helping support us financially all that financial support goes toward making the show better, uh, toward giveaways, toward uh, cool stuff that we can do for the show, making sure that you guys and gals have you know the best show possible because we love doing it and we love the fact that you uh, listen to us. Um, and if you can't if you can't uh, go on Patreon to support financially, just listening to us is more than enough. You know, uh, and 
tell a friend about us tell a uh, someone that you meet at the local gaming shop, the local, local comic, comic shoppy about us. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, like I said, that's, that's more than enough, more than we could ever ask for. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> In all sincerity, I really appreciate it. And the people who come and sub on Twitch, we really appreciate that as well. Money goes to the same place. We're we're pumping it back into the show. We're trying to get things better. We're trying to get more competitions and more giveaways and just better quality. And we're just we're throwing everything we can at this show and we want to make it exceptional and amazing for you. So thank you to everyone. You're all wonderful and we love you. Love you. Love you. But Sergio. Where's my corner yes. of the week? You want a DM's Guild? I want a week? DM's Guild corner of the week. Well, <laughs> this one, uh, in keeping, like I said, I, I like to pick something that sort of either supplements our discussion or um, is like a direct continuation of our discussion. Mm-hmm. I feel this is more the uh, former than the latter. I feel this sort of like uh, supplements what we're talking about. This one is from uh, Casey Willis. It is 100 Weapon Histories. And the description is very brief. 100 Weapon Histories that will bring life and interest to your weapons. Now, if you're trying to introduce a weapon of legacy or an item of legacy into your campaign, something like this can either help you figure out like what is in that item's history that you know would make it uh, an item of legacy uh, can inspire uh, the uh, can inspire like you know uh, your own ideas like I know that when I'm reading through um, other people's like campaign ideas or for character histories I'll think like I'll think like that's a cool idea and it'll I'll you know it'll inspire like something similar but different for a character that I have in mind or a campaign setting that I have in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's all, and even better, it's only a dollar. Well, so in what? Fact, in <laughs> fact, it's a, uh, it's a pay what you want. Actually, the suggested price is $1. So for one buck, you get a hundred weapon histories to help inform your weapon or item of legacy in your campaign. And of course I will, link to it in the chat now and it'll be in the show notes uh for those of you listening to the audio version of this i'm loving that just i love anytime there's just a book of items i just love that just just get throw items at me i'll pick from a list <laughs> no yeah i mean pretty much i mean and what's crazy it's it's a hundred weapon histories mm-hmm and so you could literally roll a hundred sided die three times and whatever it lands on, you can form that item of legacy's history based on those three that it landed on. Mm-hmm. If you like really want to get random and kooky with it. So while we're on the topic of magical items and we're in the mid break, I thought it important to have us bring up what we are actively going to be working on over the course of the next couple months. And that is, yeah. you're compiling a list of all the magical items that have been discussed in this podcast, and we are going to try to get them, I believe we're going to try to get them 
publicly accessible on the Judge and Master's Guild. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're leading up to uh, episode 100. We're mm-hmm. just nine episodes away. And so, yeah, the, the process has started of compiling all the different um, magical items, uh, all the different uh, the NPCs at times that, uh, that Tom would sometimes introduce uh, back in the, the olden days. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to, com- we're going to compile these. We're going to use, uh, Patreon funds mm-hmm. to commission art and make it a actual, you know, like D and D looking book. Look, you know, <laughs> it looks, it looks like a D and D book and we're going to throw it up on DMs guild as a yep. pay as you pay what you want. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to grab it for free, absolutely go ahead. If you want to throw, uh, ducats our way again, just like the Patreon, that's gonna go back into the show. So it's just and, a way to to have fun, you know, with the with our, our personal history, with the items that we've created that Tom has created in the past, and you know, and have something sort of like you know tangible that yes. uh, that people can use. And moving in, I, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out here. Sergio doesn't even know about this. I'm gonna throw this out here. Moving into season. You know, the next season after episode 100, I'm going to begin to throw out a multitude of things in different episodes, NPCs, items. I'm going to start throwing the the whole kitchen sink into these episodes. Which that, means, that kitchen sink, is it an item of legacy? It is an item of legacy. <laughs> <laughs> which means all of the all of these things will be put into a second book that we will yeah. produce. You know, that's that's why we're going as a pay as you go or as pay what you want kind of thing is because we're going to turn around and use those those same funds to produce the second session of books. You know, and this is just going to keep going as long as the show keeps going, we're going to keep pumping more. And that means more items in the second book, more stuff, more just more of everything, you know. We may even take it to the next level of making races in part of the book for the next set, you know, but this first set, we're going to focus on all the item drops and NPC drops we've had for season one and two. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it could go any number of ways, depending on, you know, how the, the reception we get, if people seem to like it, mm-hmm. you know, we could produce, uh, uh, a campaign setting for Altaris, which is the Fumbling Fours uh, homebrew campaign setting. That crit, I would lose developed. my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like I said, there's like that was sort of a, uh, uh, and personally, it's like a it's like a bucket list for me. Is like you know, I always wanted to produce D and D content, like produce like D and D like modules, campaign settings, like some you know written content, uh, and and not like be paid, like not make a living at it, but at some point someone be like, Oh, that's really cool here. Let me give you five bucks for it or whatever. Like if I could just like make the, the $1 from it, <laughs> I'd be like that bucket list is crossed off. I just want the things we create and the wonderful, you know, elements we bring to D and D to be immortalized within the D and D world. Oh, for that's, sure. Like I that's said, my in- bucket list. And we, and you know, the DMs Guild is is such an amazing um, avenue to be able to do that. And so, yeah, so definitely keep a lookout for that. Uh, we're gonna try to get it done uh, in time for the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like we're gonna have to commission the artwork, 
And uh, so it just sort of depends on um, on how quickly the art can get done. Yep. No pressure to artists out there listening. <laughs> no, yeah. And if you... We understand art takes time. Creation takes time. <laughs> and if you're listening, uh, like we are thinking about uh, possibly like just going on Fiverr and commissioning mm-hmm. artwork from there. But if you are interested in, in handling the work, uh, shoot us an email, dndlorecast at gmail.com. And, you know, we can uh, possibly discuss, start discussing rates. But yeah, like I said, we've got, we've got a, a, at least a hundred items that we yeah. want to, um, to put into, into a book. I don't know. By the end of this Just, episode, there might be a bit more. <laughs> well, there are some you skipped if you don't remember. Oh, well, yeah. That's why people were angry at you. <laughs> Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and just jump on into those items and come back from our mid-break. That's my jumping sound. (laughs) You ever notice, Sergio, that our mid-breaks keep getting longer and longer because we just info dump the whole show? It's, man, it's... uh... (laughs) Here's the thing is like I love talking D and D in every every which way. Um, talking about um, min maxing characters, talking about uh, lore, you know, talking about just like straight like info dumps, just stat blocks. Uh, and so like because I love all of those things, and I know you do too. Like each episode is going to be slightly different. You know, each episode, like sometimes we'll focus heavy on lore. Sometimes yep. we'll focus heavy on uh, min-maxing. Sometimes we'll focus heavily on set, on info dumps. Um, like I know, and like I said, we, at the beginning, at the top of the show, the top of the episode, the next uh, few episodes, we're going to cover Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be pretty lore heavy. Well, you know, we with that being said, because <laughs> we're running out of time, we got a lot to still go over. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the, before we jump into our own items of legacy, let's talk about some of the sacrifices you as a player are going to have to be ready to make to accept legacy feats or legacy abilities. So the first thing, 3.5, you had to take a feat when leveling up called the legacy feat. And each time you got a different level of legacy, you had to get that next level. So if you had a lesser legacy, you'd have to take the lesser legacy feat. If you had a, you know, a, a greater legacy, it'd have to be the greater legacy feat, so on and so forth. What that means, though, because back in the 3.5 days, you know, you would level up, get a feat, no problem, whatever. I also get my stat boosts at certain levels. In the 5e days, though, that's not what that means. In 5e days, it's either a feat or you get bonuses to your abilities. Oh yeah, exactly. So that's the that's where the conversion process comes in. Mm-hmm. Like if you're using, like if you're not homebrewing items of legacy, if you're if you're wanting to use like the bones of Li Peng or Storm Chaser's cudgel, there's gonna be there's definitely gonna be some conversion that needs to take place. It's not too heavy as to make it you know uh, unmanageable, but like I said, the 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 game mechanics from three point five are different enough to fifth edition. Mm-hmm. That you're going to have to change some things up. So the the most important thing that we're going to have to change before we go into this is the fact that when leveling up and getting a feat in 5e, most of the feats will give you a bonus. So 
how are we going to do that with these legacy feats? Well, I mean, I treat them sort of as um, as level bonuses, as level benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in creating my my weapon of legacy, you know, at at fifth level, you perform the 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 least le- legacy ritual, and so once once you perform that, and are you know, then you also start you get these benefits, sort of the same way as. Uh, the way any sort of um, class, as you progress in class, you get at certain levels, certain benefits. Well, what I mean here is, how are we going to handle them taking a feat instead of leveling up in their abilities? Because when oh, okay. you, yeah, when you take, like when you take a, when you take an educational feat in 5e, you get a plus one to your intelligence and you get to read and speak and write all languages. And, you know, right, this right. is just an example. It's not an actual feat, but this would be an example of what they would do. So since we have to use our legacy feat to fill a feat block, how would we make this fair for our players? Okay. I would propose, since legacy is about your... Since taking the legacy feat is about leveling up and being more powerful as a person to withstand the powers of the legacy item... I would argue that the benefit that they would increase stat-wise would pertain to the item that they're currently trying to, shall we say, imbue their self with. Yeah, absolutely. So if it's a charisma-based magical weapon or item, I would say your charisma would go up by one by taking the first feat for legacy. Right. And if it was strength, you would get a plus one to your strength, so on and so forth. As you leveled up and you took the next feat to grow into it so your next feat would be greater i would say that if the powers didn't change you would get another plus one to that stat so you know as long as the powers didn't change you would continue to get that plus one all the way up until you get past greater because obviously with master you're not going to get anything except for now you can access the totality of this weapon Right. So I think we can agree on that. What do you think? I think it's fair. I think that's balanced for sure. Okay. So with that being said, let's jump into these legacy items that we've made. <laughs> you go first. I know you've got you've got more than me. Okay. So the first one, and stop me if I've talked about these on the show before, because I'm running out of magic items lists. And I'm gonna have to start cracking out some more. Uh but the first one is Shield of Shield. Have we discussed this one on the pod yet? Doesn't sound familiar. Okay, so the Shield of Shield is a uh, legacy item that we have in our homebrew game and have had in our homebrew game for close to 15 years. This thing just randomly pops up, and when you get it, oh, you know it. So the description of this uh, item is it is a shield the size of a barrel lid because it is, in fact, a barrel lid. (laughs) (laughs) It has... It has a rope handle, and it is a old wooden barrel lid. However, when the wielder completes the first uh, feat of legacy, if you will, the barrel lid begins to repair itself in a way. The wood begins to become newer in appearance, and 
begins to smell less of alcohol and more of wood. As the legacy feats get become completed, it eventually turns itself into a round metal shield embroiled embedded with some embroiled. sort of embroiled, yeah, <laughs> embedded with a mysterious symbol. And I always leave symbol up to DM choice. Right, right. But the first feat you must complete is you must bathe in acid. That's you can't do that. Yes, you can. You can't do that. <laughs> there is a way. Because the original wielder of this was, in fact, devoured by a gelatinous cube <sighs> and got out using only the shield. So you, too, must bathe in acid and survive by only using the shield. Once you complete this, you then, while wielding the shield, take half damage to all effects. So we're talking elemental, we're talking acidic damage. All of it is halved. All damage is halved while wielding the shield. The second feat you must complete is you must challenge a dragon. Doesn't say what kind. Doesn't say how old or what level. It just says you must challenge a dragon to one-on-one combat. I'm stealing a dragon egg, (laughs) waiting for it to hatch. And say, hey, come here, you little sucker. And you must only use the shield and a sword. After this, when using the shield, not only do you get reduced damage by all elemental sources... But when combating a dragon, you will take no damage against their breath weapons while utilizing the shield. That's a pretty great one. So how are we going to get better from there? How are we going to get greater, though? So the final task you must complete is you must use the shield to slide down the entire face of a mountain. Nice. And survive. Difficult. (laughs) (laughs) If you accomplish this task, and it is doable because it has been done many a times, you will then get the Shield of Shield in its entirety, which, when using the phrase shield, activates an entire 360-degree shield around you and however many people you choose for an unlimited amount of rounds. Your own little fortress, your own yes. little portable fortress. I like portable it. fortress. Now there are some drawbacks to this because it is an incredible item. When you use shield, that means you are in this uh, this orb. You are stuck in this giant steel orb. You're immune to all damage from the outside sources, right? But you also cannot attack anything beyond it. So it goes both ways. The other thing is, for my DMs out there. It is not immune to transmogrifications and, you know, all of these things. The shield can be changed. Its material components can be changed. So, mm. and this has happened because the shield of shield has been turned to glass and shattered. <gasps> yes. No. Yes. It has been done before. So, I would say to you, as a player, be careful. As a DM, get creative. <laughs> <laughs> But these are, this is the Shield of Shield. So the next item on my list is. How many you got? How many I've got, you got three. How many total you got? Total or three more? Three total. 
Okay, I uh, I'm gonna do one more, and then I'm gonna go, and then you can you can uh, finish us off. Finish us off. All right. So the, this next one is commonly referred to in my games as the Infinity Blade, but its true name is the uh, Destiny Sword. And Destiny's Child. Sword. Destiny's Child Sword. Beyonce's Dagger. So this one is a little different because you don't complete tasks so much as you complete tasks and fuse it. And we were talking about how you can fuse other items of legacy, weapons of legacy with others. And this one follows that principle to the T. So what you initially get is a blade that looks like it has slots, and it's a very ornate gold and silver blade that looks like it has slots that can be kind of fixated with a gem or stone of some sort. In the beginning, you have none. As you sleep, you will begin to have visions. Over the course of seven days, the visions will be like a puzzle, and it will lead you to where the first stone is. As you get each stone, you must complete a task. So you must be willing to give up something, a part of your destiny, if you will. So each stone is imbued with different magical powers. The first one is a sapphire, and it's imbued with water magic. You must be... Willing to give up your memories of your childhood. Whoa. In order, yes. In order to use its powers. When you get it, you get DM's choice of water power. Okay. And it can be used up to two times per day. That power can. The next one is a ruby. Would you have it? It's fire. In order imagine to that. imagine that. In order, and again, these things can be wherever you want, DMs. You can put them wherever you want in your world. These gems, you just have to give seven days' worth of dreams or visions. The Firestone, you must be willing to give up the memory of your mother's face. Which, you know, for most players, you know, like, whatever, yeah. For our role players, that's going to be a hard task. It's going to be a challenging task. Reminds me of... um... The Dark Tower, you've forgotten the face of your father. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you should say that. (laughs) So once this is completed, you can then give them two fire abilities or fire spells uh, of your choice two times per day. The next stone to be seated is a diamond. Now, this is where things get, get tricky. The diamond, you must be willing to give up the thing that makes you the happiest. (gasps) At this point, you get to give them two spells of any sort of radiance. So you can give them healing or radiant, you know, spells, anything like that. It's your choice. The next seated gem is that of a topaz. And this is illusionary magic. So you can give them two illusionary magics of your choice. But they must be willing to give up their dreams. So they no longer as a character can dream. Wow, that's weird. Which That's super weird. <laughs> yes, but that's what makes the rest of the legacy completion hard. Because at this point you have only two gems left to get. Because we have our water, our fire, our radiance, and we have our... Stone of Dreams. If they can't dream anymore, that means they can't 
complete the last two gems that need to be seeded. Because they can't find the locations, because the only way they can find them is through visions or dreams. Ooh. So it's it, this is where you trick your players into com- not completing the blade. <laughs> the last two stones are a black onyx stone. And this, the character must be willing to give up their shadow. Like Peter Pan. Yeah. And at that point, you'll give them spells off of the um, Warlocks list. Makes sense, yeah. And the last one is a stone of no color. It is clear. And this one is the most hard for most of my players to complete. They must be willing to give up their destiny as a whole. So their goals, what their player's goal is, what the character wants to achieve, they must be willing to give it up. When they give it up, they then have the ability to use in full the Blade of Destiny, which they can use to open a doorway to any world or dimension they choose. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. And That's they quite can, the power. Yes, and they can use the stone's abilities four times a day. Each stone's ability four times per day. Oh, okay. Yes. Hmm. But again, you have to give up a lot, and it is a lot of that steps to go through. quite a bit. <laughs> so there's that. I know it was a lengthy item. The last one is not as long, I promise. All right, so the weapon of legacy that I, that I homebrewed, I constructed up, that I whipped up in my old brain squirrel, is called... Eduise dagger. Now this is, it looks like a dagger. It's a dagger made of stone. It's a, uh, it's it's cut to the, so that the stone handle. Obviously, it it has a handle and and then it, it looks like just a, a very rudimentary dagger made of stone. Uh, it does not break, however, because it is fabled. It is legend that this was the First weapon of murder. This this piece of stone was carved into a dagger and used to commit the first murder ever. And as a result of that, it was blessed by Nerul, the god of death, to never break and to always be on the material plane. Lupus says Cain. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Very like that, that was the inspiration behind the the story of Cain and Abel, the first murder according to the Bible. So, like I said, it looks like just your basic. It looks like a very like like stone agey type weapon. When it's picked up, the omen for this weapon of legacy is a whispered screaming, like a. And so at that point, you, the character knows that there's there there should be something up with it. So at fifth level, the the least legacy the, le- the legacy ritual that's the, of the least is called murderous malice. You have to use the blade to kill someone in anger or hatred. So you do that at fifth level. You get a plus one to your attack rolls. Plus, you get a five percent chance to critical on a successful attack. So your player rolls a, success, a successful attack, then they roll a 100-sided die, and there's a 5% chance that that attack is now a crit. At 8th level, they unlock Hidden Strike. They get to roll at advantage when rolling stealth checks. 
Plus, now they get a 10% chance to crit on a successful attack. At 11th level, they have to unlock the, they have to complete the ritual for the lesser legacy. This is called Thirst for Innocence. The blade will demand the blood of an innocent. You have to kill an innocent person of the blade's choosing. Now, the blade will get warm when it has selected its victim. This could be anyone that the blade, the blade chooses. So DM's discretion, make this something that the player might not want to do. Make, it, make them think hard about it. Not just some rando on the, street, on the streets of Waterdeep or Sharn or whatever your campaign setting is. Someone close to the, to the, to the character or perhaps someone that, they, they, that the party needs to advance the campaign. <laughs> you complete this at 11th level. Not only do you now have the plus one to attack rolls, you now get a plus one to damage rolls and a 15% chance to crit on a successful attack. However, at this point, because you have spilled the blood of the innocent, you can no longer receive benefits from, of divine magic from a good or neutral deity. So if you have a cleric that gets their divine magic from a good god, like a, a paylor of sorts, you will not be, and they want to heal you, you will not be able to be healed by that spell. At 14th level, you unlock Penchant for Violence. At this point, you get a plus two to attack and a 20% chance to crit on a successful attack. So a one in five chance. However, you can no longer wield any other weapon besides Iruai's uh, dagger. It is the only weapon that you are able to wield. And that includes if it's stolen from you, if you drop it, so you can't, you know, it's not like you can just, you know, whip something out, whip, you know, whip out another dagger or sword or crossbow or anything. This is the only weapon you can use. And then at 17th level, it's the greater legacy ritual. Iduai's choice. At this point, now this is, think of it as it the weapon has been attuned to you of sorts. At this point, you can renounce the weapon and 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 you break you break free from the weapon and you leave it for the next person or you can accept the blade until your death choose to use this weapon until you die so you get your plus two to attack that you've already had now you get a plus two to damage plus a 20 chance to crit on a successful attack However, when you get to death saves, you know, you need three successful death saves to, to not die or three failures to die. At this point, you only need two failed death saves to die. So if you get down to zero hit points and start rolling on death saves and you roll a one, which counts as two failures, your character has died. So as opposed to the average three, as opposed to the normal three, you now, it only takes two for you to die. Two failures on your death save to die. And that is Iruai's dagger. This is a weapon I would definitely give a cleric or a paladin. Just screw with them. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a really good weapon to, but, well, I would say both of these blades would be a really good weapon to focus a campaign around. 
I mean, easily. That's, that's, I mean, you could, you could, you could easily do that, or you can put it in a campaign that um, where it's not the focus, mm-hmm. and it just it's more so the focus of the character that wields it, and that's sort of like their story arc, their you know over uh, arching arc yeah. in the campaign, uh, and then you know then everything else happens around them. I love this. I love this dagger. I have to agree with Tex. Uh, Thank you, Tech. Yeah, Tech says he loves it. Thank you so yeah, much. I was I very proud of it. <laughs> I was very proud I'm of proud it. Of I was, I was, I was so proud that I made my, I, I told my wife all about it. I'm sure she's like, okay, honey. Like, look, I thought okay. you talked with all your other nerd friends about this. I didn't have to hear about it. You have your own show, and to talk about this, why am I hearing about it now? Oh goodness. Well, the last one I have is pretty quick and easy, um, and it is the Gauntlets of Everything. And okay. we've Let's hear we've, about it. we've had a brief history with these on the Fumbling Four, uh, the last season, and essentially these gauntlets look like normal everyday, just night gauntlets, just plate mail. When placed on, however, they become very ornate in design. Uh, they become gold trimmed with black plating, and they have sockets for what looks like gems however once placed on they cannot be removed okay now this is only if you are deemed worthy to wield them and to deem a character worthy you must pass a successful charisma of 25 a charisma check of 25 which is pretty hard now there is another way to be deemed worthy and this goes into our feats of legacy that we must complete. So the first feat you must complete is you must bathe your hands in a heat source and take 1d6 of fire damage. You must okay. then immediately bathe your hands in an ice source and take 1d6 of cold damage. Cold damage. And then you must bathe your hands in a source of lightning or electricity and take 3d6 electricity damage. So all in all, you're taking 5d6 of damage elemental. Once this is accomplished, you've completed the first feat to be deemed worthy. I was going to say, that's the least (laughs) of the rituals. So at this point, you can pick the gauntlets up, but you still cannot wield them. You can put them on, they're just normal plates of armor. You get no benefits from this. None. You don't get your first benefit until you get to the second feats. So the second feat is you must challenge a giant of any variety to a wrestling match. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> so again, we're not talking size. And it just says a giant of any variety, meaning you can challenge a Goliath. You can challenge half giant. You can challenge a full-blooded giant. You can challenge any variety of giant to a wrestling match. Does not mean you have to win or you don't have to win it. You just have to challenge them. Once this is completed, you can wear the gauntlets and use them. Now, Lupus, uh, Lupus asked the question. No, you do not have to win. You just have to challenge them. So you have to be willing to get your ass beat by a giant. (laughs) 
And you, right. the thing is, is that if you die, like this is all, it's all reset. Like you don't get to be brought back and go, all right, great. We're good. You have to survive this. Right. Right. So, yep. Or just a furball friend. Yeah. I'm going to wrestle you. And they, yeah. So once this is completed, you can then put the gauntlets on and they will lock in place. Now they can never be removed. Once they are locked on, they can never be removed. But you do get your first ability, which is anything the gauntlets hit, you can take on their properties and qualities, and the damage changes accordingly. Now, the damage is completely calculated up by DM's choice. So if you punch rock, guess what? It's basically like you have boulder fists now. If you punch steel, you have steel fists. If you punch adamantin, you have adamantine fists like it goes on and on you know the stronger the material the stronger the gauntlets right right so once that's accomplished we get to our greater now we still have these sockets for gems keep in mind once we get to the last feat that must be accomplished you must in order to accomplish this last feat you must challenge a god you must challenge a god. To a fist fight? To anything. You must challenge them and they must accept. So a god, a goddess, whatever Trivia it is. contest? <laughs> they must accept. At the end of it, you must win. Okay, that one you gotta win. You gotta win that one. Once that is completed, you may wield the gauntlets at their full strength, which is partied up with the blade of destiny yeah so once you grab not only the blade of destiny but the gauntlets and you've won this challenge of the gods you have unlocked the full potential of these gauntlets and these gauntlets are then infused with the blade which is where our gems come into play you can use both the blade and the gauntlets abilities simultaneously interesting and the last thing that these gauntlets can do is they can revive at the sacrifice of the gauntlets, which means they are destroyed. They can never be used again. You may revive one entity that has existed. Ooh. Meaning you can revive Tupac. a friend. You can <laughs> revive a Tupac. Let's go. Done. <laughs> no question. Tupac. So you can revive a friend. Maybe you're playing a campaign and the, you know, the one person that could have stopped this all, the deity that was, you know, once alive, that has been vanquished, you can revive it. It doesn't matter. The rules no longer apply. You basically have a get-out-of-jail-free card resurrection. Anybody who has ever existed can be resurrected. And that is... I still pick Tupac. I still pick Tupac. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? I take that back. I wouldn't choose Tupac. I wouldn't. What? Sorry, I wouldn't. Who would you pick? I would have to choose Robin Williams. Oh, well, yeah, yeah it's a good one, too. Yeah, it's a good one. But, yes, yeah, so there are our legacy items. Yep, that's uh, that's a heck of a show. That was, that's, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we were sort of um, uh, at a deficit on our magic items. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, let's go ahead and do an episode with a bunch of them. And also uh, cover a topic that hasn't exactly made its way into 5th edition, but could easily do so, 
with just the minor tweaks here and there. Mm-hmm. So with all that being said, that was a huge show with a lot of stuff. And we we barely scratched the surface of the legacy items. For there sure. Is and so much more. You if if you don't have it, you know, I would recommend getting a at least a PDF of the weapons of which, legacy. Yeah. Which um, is available on the DMs Guild yes. for $16.99. Yep. Uh, we'll also link to that in the uh in the show notes. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely worth your purchase. It's a def it's a definite it's a blockbuster hit of a book. Um Crit and I both have physical copies because yes, we're we do. <laughs> super nerds. I, I I recommend. I cannot recommend enough. Pick it up, go through it. There's so much more that we haven't even skimmed the surface of. Um, but all that being said, we're at the end of the show, Sergio. So you know what that means. It's plug central. Let's plug central. So Sergio, if we want to hear more of your beautiful, wonderful voice and your wonderful thoughts, where can we? hear these things at uh well you can marry me but then uh <laughs> my uh then you're stuck with in my wife's uh shoes having to hear about weird creepy daggers that her husband makes up um <laughs> or you could listen to fandom university which is my other podcast that i do with my best friend sean hamill uh, we talk about all sorts of nerdy stuff on a more um like on a deeper less superficial level we really dig into like the subtext and the themes uh of of the different sort of nerdy stuff that we love. We just finished our uh, couple episodes on sc- the Scream movies. We're doing Boba Fett right now. We're going to do the um, the Tim Burton Batman movies next, uh, leading up to the brand new Batman movie. And uh, yeah, so we're going to have, like, it's a, it's a great little show. You can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, on Twitter, it's fandom, F-A-N-D-O-M-U podcast. Um, and then uh, Linktree, Fandom U Podcast, Fandom U Podcast at gmail.com. All that good stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a hoot and a holler. <laughs> a hoot and a holler. It's both of those things. It is. It is really good. You should go check it out. I cannot stress that enough. Go check out the podcast. <laughs> go check it out. Why aren't you go doing that? Check it out. Why aren't you doing Stop that? listening. Stop listening to us and go check it out. <laughs> um. I have a ton of shows um, and we aren't ready to roll out a reveal for the next one, but I will say there is another new show coming out from us. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, um, wow. It is going to be another lore cast and uh, I will not be in charge of that one. Oh, no. Interesting. Um, we are Lucas going says to Warhammer. Is it Warhammer? We are going to. <laughs> That's not a no. <laughs> We're going to be having Mark and um, uh, our wonderful, wonderful Wolf are going to be in charge of that one, uh, Wolf Slur. Um, and I'm not going to confirm nor deny what it is, but it is coming out. It is coming out soon. Um, look forward to that one. And I think those two are going to do a wonderful job at it. I'm going to be in the back. Yeah, Wolf Lore's in chat. Hi, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, Wolf Lore and Mark are going to be in charge of that one. And uh, I I cannot wait for its reveal. I'm going to be in the back. Just I'll push the buttons for the music and I'll be in chat during, you know, whenever it gets to live show. But otherwise, I'm just, you know, here to push the buttons and mix things and help get it along. I'm the background guy for this one. You're Sir um, Mix-A-Lot. Yeah, I'm Sir Mix-A-Lot. Uh, but we aren't going live right away with that one either. But it is... It will be coming out 
Um, but right now, stages. the one that is out and that I am excited for, and I actually have to record it right after I get done with this one, is... <laughs> yes! The Legend of Zelda Lorecast. Um, we first dropped episode has dropped. It is. It has. Uh, first episode was about uh, goddesses and the start of it all. And uh, so far, we've had great reviews and everybody seems to love it so uh i would highly advise you go check that one out tonight uh when i do the recording for the next episode we're actually going to be talking about uh some of the races in the world uh nice. we're going to do some deep dives of that one and ariel even has some tidbits that i didn't even know and i love legend of zelda like you love it you love it so about. much i do uh she found some things that i didn't know so but yeah uh that would be the one that i would recommend to check out right now um, but as always, the rest of the shows are in the show notes. If you want to listen to live play D and D it's down there live play. In fact, if it's a TTRPG, we probably got it. <laughs> you got a lot of shows. We do. We do. And there's a lot more coming. So, but with all that being said, uh, thank you, Sergio, for joining me this wonderful evening to talk about magical weapons. Of course. And join us next week when we just start discussing the Ravenloft campaign setting. Woo, woo, woo. Till next time, we'll see you. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.